The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. There are a lot of incredible, uh, heart-wrenching, difficult topics that we've had an opportunity to uh, talk with different people over the number of years, Holly. Yeah, absolutely. It has run the gamut. And so I'm so excited for today as we continue to dive into some of those situations. But it's amazing how people emerge Mm -hmm. stronger and learn so much from the valleys. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish we could all just be mountaintops all the time. That'd be great. But life just isn't like that. You look at uh, the popularity of Sound of Freedom. And mm-hmm. how that movie over the last month, six weeks has has just been absolutely incredible. The topic of uh, human trafficking has come up. And I think it'd be we'd be remiss to not maybe dive a little bit more into those things uh, for this week. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do it without further ado. <laughs> we got a author, speaker, a social justice advocate, Lena Sabula. How are you? I'm good, guys. And thank you so much for having me. We like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go, Lena. Who are you and where did you come from? Well, I was born and raised in Ukraine, and I actually been trafficked to Canada. But I was trafficked to two different countries. And it's so cool that you start talking about sound of music because I just want to give it a shout out because I just went with my husband a couple of days ago. And honestly, guys, I recommend it to all of you to watch mm. this movie. Um, not for the young children, of course, because it's a little bit difficult topic. But I actually was really scared to go and see this movie because I'm a survivor of human trafficking. So I didn't know how it's going to trigger and impact me because yeah. I work for last 20 years, like with therapists, self-development coaches, you know, to be in a place of um, healing and in peace, you know, I didn't know how this topic will affect me. Yeah. But then I heard so many amazing reviews um, and because it'd be done by Christian that I knew it's not going to be a, like going to gory details because yeah. I I know this is our, not our culture to create something for people to have nightmares. So I actually pray so long and I talk to so many people and uh, because I, I've been mm, supporting uh, Tim Ballard for more than 10 years, you know, I really like so many stories that I heard um, before from him and his organization and I actually made the post and my um website I've been thinking like I'm actually saying something oh my friend went to see this movie Mm. so I pray so hard and so long and I had so much peace and I said to my husband would you be open to come with me and he said yes and some of um, my church friends came too so I felt really supported Mm. and honestly it was amazing the topic is so difficult, but the yeah. it's amazing tool. The way they designed the movie, it's not an action flick. It's not a horror movie. Like, it's literally a real story, but the way they package it and present it, it's give me hope. And mm-hmm. I That's didn't good. have, like, any, uh, like, breakdowns. Like, and I keep thinking about it, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is an amazing tool for people to have awareness. And now I read, so some people say, oh, it's give it 
um, injustice to victim because not everybody could go through kidnapping and this and that. Yes, absolutely. Not everybody go through that. But there's people who don't know about human trafficking at all. So this yeah, is no. going to just open the door and then people going to like dive into it and learn oh, it's so much more complex. There are so many different ways, but I can do this right now and I can help these kids or I can help these people or I can help women. So it's like literally opening the door. And the coolest part, guys, like literally next day after I saw this movie, one of my uh, Russian friends who met me at the retreat said to me, um, Lina, would you be open to come and speak to us? Because this U.S. church and here in Canada church, they've been friends for a very long time. They saw the movie and they got so much like impact. They want to do something. They want to learn, oh. but they don't know anything about it. And that's what this movie does. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm so excited about it. Because I can come now and tell them, like, I have so many resources and organizations that I support through the years. So I can give those people and together, collectively, we can take and still make it different. So it's create like this ripple effect. We can go back into your life and we can talk about, you know, who you were and where you came from. But since we're on the topic of human trafficking, how old were you when it first happened to you? I was very young and it's happened to me because of my family being um, like in this court. But there's another thing. It can happen to anyone, anytime, yeah. any age. But my personal story and literally I could have never imagined that 20 years later, I'm going to be sharing my story and um I'm staying on stage in front of hundreds of people and that my story is going to be broadcasted all over social media <laughs> because yeah. I believed all these years that my story, it's story of shame, guilt, and condemnation. But now I know it's God's story of salvation, of overcoming adversity, of thriving after trauma. So what happened is like my parents actually became an alcoholics uh, because they struggle in their marriage for a very long time. And then they lost their well-paid jobs. And our house was like so dirty. It was like full of like black mold, cockroaches and mice because the government turned off the electricity and, uh, and um, hot water for outstanding bills. Mm. You know, and our house always been full of strangers who brought booze and drugs and I actually was looking forward for those people come when I was very young because they brought food. That mm-hmm. means like I would be eating. So that's how I end up mingling between those adults all the time. And from the young age, I became an easy target for those guys because no government protected me. No, my parents protected me. So I've been actually raped um, numerous times, like since I was probably 13. But by that time, I was already and drinking and smoking was not coming home. Like nobody really created the boundaries for me to be at home or anything like that. So, yeah. And honestly, um, when I thought things couldn't get any worse, uh, one month before my um, 15th birthday, I woke up with this severe abdominal pain and scared and confused only to realize I was in labor. 
So I was like so shocked because I didn't know I was pregnant and I didn't even know who her father was. So she, like my baby died three months later from health complication. Um, And literally I um, buried her when I was 15 and I carried this little casket to the cemetery in my arms. And for the next 20 years, it's plagued my mind, body, and soul. So I turned to like more harder drugs to just to medicate my pain because like my head was uh, just overwhelming with this guilt and shame for this innocent baby's life. So I started using heroin because it was easy to be high and kind of checked out um, than feeling worthless and hopeless and abandoned and broken and so broken. Um, and then um, definitely I got the postpartum, but nobody really, nobody even check up or care. And this is so bizarre now. I'm thinking about living in this country. Like nobody even like came and asked how this 14 year old kid had the baby. And after the baby already, um, nobody even come and said, do you need any counseling through that trauma because the baby passed away? So I went through grief, everything. Like, I actually don't remember next probably like three years, you know. Mm. But then I had this awakening moment because I saw people dying around me or who went to jail. And I realized that I don't want to be one of those people. So I knew that I need to change or something need to happen. But uh, there is no hopes and dreams for people like me. By that time, Mm -hmm. I was a street junkie, you know, on heroin. Um, And then I met this uh, guy who gave me like this opportunity to meet this lady who was um, uh, rich and like affectionate and kind to me. And it's really felt wonderful and safe because people don't react to to me like this way anymore. Right. And she brought me to her house and she offered me this fancy coffee and sweets. And I was so impressed because somebody cared for me. And then casually she offered me a job. So I didn't really ask any specifics. I just say yes to the job because it sounded like an opportunity to get out from the place I was before. So um, her team went to work and uh, they cleaned me up, dressed me up. Like I literally then, I still was on heroin, you know, like I don't remember how we got to a report. I don't remember uh, the customs. Like I even like, I have like no idea. Just one day I woke up hearing this Muslim prayer, Allahu Akbar, run out. So I woke up in a foreign country. So I got so freaked out. uh, And it took me a while to realize that she actually sold me into human trafficking. So I was um, by default, like I knew that, you know, and honestly, this is another thing. People don't quit heroin, not because it's so wonderful but because the body cannot really handle withdrawals and most of the time like people die but by default i quit heroin and because i was in a new environment and everything was so different like so my brain actually kick in and get my body out of this um like really painful 
like sickness and um and at that moment honestly guys like I kid you not I felt like in a second like I was in a fairy tale because we have two guys accompany us five girls and they took us in this beautiful city on the red uh, red sea where every building was painted white and I was walking in the red sea they took us to the restaurants they they buy us like all these lavish um gifts there's like I saw this sunset on the red sea and like with orange and red hues and I was so grateful that I could experience this beauty because compared to like where I was like a few weeks ago and I was blown away and I thought like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity to see a thing because like I was so young, like I just turned 18, like I was so naive, like I had no idea what's happening, but so far it was wonderful. So I'm, I clean from drugs, I'm fed, I'm dressed, somebody care for me. It's beautiful resort there. But literally, like, day after that we came, our hotel was raided by the police because one of the guy was, like, on the red, whatever, flag, radar. Like the most wanted like, list. Yeah, yeah. Like, human trafficking. So they they put all of us in, um, they brought us all in a police station and they start questioning us. But because they nobody, like, they couldn't translate to Russian, and they could like repeat one phrase that we could understand. Why are you here? Why are you here? And we just spoke Russian and they could not hold us for the like um, more than they're supposed to. And plus we've been given script. So like I'm, I've been yeah. lying half of my life to get what I need and want, you know? So for me, it was whatever. So they actually let us go, but they put that guy in jail but another guy who was with him, he took us and we we went to another like mysterious destination when they drove like through the sand dunes for hours. And that's when it got really scary because I already had so many encounters with police since like 13 year old. Like it wasn't like really um, that scary for me. But when they drop us off in the middle of nowhere, there like was like this Bedouin tent and there was two huge Middle Eastern um, armed men. Like they had guns and they just like drop us off and left with us there. So they didn't care for us really. They didn't feed us and didn't uh, like, like it, it was terrible. And in the middle of the night, they actually forced us to crawl under the barbed wire to cross in the border between the Israel and Egypt illegally. But it was so crazy because I could hear the soldiers who has machine guns on the like this border Man. tower. What? And literally, it was like it's like a movie trailer. But yeah, um, honestly, like later on, I was researching like for my book. Like a few years later, they actually on that border because this is happening so often because this route being used. Now they have like uh, motion detectors. No. They have like so many, like all these new gadgets to actually prevent that. Because if they cut us, they probably would prevent that other two years of my life when I've been sold into brothel. Because on another side, um, we actually like they make us crawl us on another side, but there was no one to receive us. 
because we've been uh, holed up with the police. So like on timing, we were like off time. So next day, those guys put us on the bed of the truck and put huge um, spare tires on us and cover us with tarp. And we actually went through the through the border that way. So on another side, those other guys just took us, like put us in the jeep. But there, there's like not just put; they make us run and jump and climb over the fence and stuff us in the car. And like it's it was like bizarre. I think like I lost my shoe and I ran with <sighs> one shoe. Like it was, yeah. it was like so crazy. How did you get to Canada? Yeah. Like if we, if I don't know if there's a, if there's from where you were to then was, was going to Canada a good experience or was it another one of those you were in the midst of the human trafficking thing or did mm-hmm. you, you escape and you're like, no, I'm going to Canada. Yes. Uh, so it's really cool story and, um, how it happens when I've been sold in the brothel. Um, actually one of the, my bodyguards share. Um, the good news of God love with me. And actually mm. when my grandpa was dying, um, he took me to Jerusalem to pray at the Villain Wall. So I've been oh, already wow. there. I've been, um, in, um, in Israel almost two years. And this guy literally in the middle of the brothel, he ministered to me all this time. So after praying at the, well in well, I decided to leave and because I already pay all my debts and uh they uh, allowed me to leave. And guess what, guys? Like this is not really usual situation. Most of the time you don't leave this kind of situation alive yeah. unless you has been rescued. But because the place that I've been bought to, like uh, some of the girls who came with me, they gone missing, they died, never heard again. But because the place that I end up with, um that that's what happened they allowed me to leave almost in two years so i actually saved up some money but uh one of my other bodyguard stole all my possession in my trustworthy and stole all my money like and um i started using heroin again so i knew that i'm going back into the same thing and i actually um become the number one um like right hand of number one drug dealer in my city. So I knew I have unlimited amount of heroin that I can die of overdose anytime. And I knew that it wasn't safe. Somebody could murder me, you know, for all this stuff. So I decided to leave. So I didn't know, like I had no any means or ideas. So second time I actually sold myself into human trafficking, thinking that they're going to take me back to Israel because I thought the Israel better than this life. And, um, but they brought me to Canada. They actually brought me to Canada. But the uh, coolest part that I think this is God's hand, they allowed me to go learn English and they, um, submit my documents so I would not be deported because when the girls get um, deported, they lose in money. But because I was already broken in, they trusted me to be a slave, you know? So that's actually helped me to um, understand. But I've been in Israel illegally. I have no documents. So I was like in prison. But here I was learning English. My documents was in the government. So I understood that I have a paper trail that somebody knows that I'm here if something happens. And then I was like, 
I think like I was 23 years old when somebody first time told me that I have rights. I'm like, what kind of rights? They're like human rights. Do you understand that I first time like realized that I have rights and work and value, you know? So I ran away. And I think because they knew that I'm have a slave mentality, I would never do that. They give me more freedom and that's what I used. And I lived in shelter. I learned English from level zero. And then I um, went to cosmetology course because I thought I'm going to be hairstylist on my, on my hair salon. And guess what? I've been hairstylist for 12 years and Love on it. my hair salon. <laughs> but while I was doing that, I actually met a boy, Christian boy, who fell in love like crazy with me. And <laughs> I was like building my empire my um relationship with guys i knew there is like no trustworthy they're all liars and cheaters and all this mm. stuff but the way he treated me like i do believe like it's holy spirit gloomy to him because like we just fall in love you know like but he he was like really vocal about it but i was kind of um really scared but then more and more i learned about him i realized that i fall in love with jesus that inside that man so he brought me to his family, which is, was Christian family, and I love them all to death. And um, they accepted me, and um, I give my life to Christ in 2011. And then we now we have three beautiful kiddos. You know, we have um, daughter and twins. So, <laughs> uh, and a dog and two cats at <laughs> home. But you know what? Um, Five years ago, while I was um, uh, working as a hairstylist, God um, led me to write my um, autobiography. And uh, it's interesting because I thought it's going to be for somebody else, you know, to for them to see God, you know, through everything. But it's literally, it's changed my life because before that book, I thought there was my uh life before Christ and after Christ, you know, when I got baptized and give my life to him. But when I looked through through all my life and I wrote that book and I realized I was praying when I was six years old, um, so my father wouldn't beat me. Then I was praying when I was overdose and saying, God, if you there, please save me. Um then I pray at the valley wall, like where the Jesus was in the holy place. I was praying to God to save my grandfather. And by the way, miraculously, he lived another 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, so like I saw that God actually was with me through like all the pits of despair. So he never like, he's like from birth to now. So that was like really cool. And I said to my husband, like, I actually, like, yeah, and I reconciled with my family and led my father to Christ and other people in my family because they saw this transformation. But what this book helped me to do, it's actually look into my past from this new perspective when I'm loved and belong and forgiven, um, mom and wife, and actually looking back and, and have compassion on myself and on my mother as well, on my family. Now I understand how hard, like we talk about, with, without electricity, without without food, actually raised um, children. And now as a mom, I understand that. So, so I definitely reconcile with that. And it's really cool. And now 
after building my empire, um, I heard God saying, this is not the job you should be doing. So um, three years ago, I closed my salon and I published my my book. And now I'm speaking, I'm sharing my story. Um, and um, I have a podcast called Love and Beloved, where I'm talking about and God and human trafficking and overcoming adversity, because I want people to understand that there is a chance to have love and hope and wholeness again after everything like we've seen and done. So that's that's my message. Wow. I, hearing your story, I'm on a, a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> because you're talking about you are you know, essentially moved into the the uh, human trafficking world and it sounded like it was freedom. And I got excited because I thought, oh, maybe somebody believed in you. And then just to have the, the rug pulled out from underneath you, what did that do for you when you thought, I can have a great life? Oh, now I'm, I'm actually a slave. And then to get to the point with having that slave mentality. It was very interesting but i think like because i was so broken to go into slavery i think i've already been broken before i got to there yeah but i do believe like by writing this book i saw a moments in my life when i was um outside of my city sitting on a hill with um like um, with the sunflowers and I was like screaming and upset and mad and crying. Those moments was a God moment because I realized I was putting my heart to God to actually, I have this crazy awareness, like, you know, self-awareness. And I was like thinking that it cannot be all to life. You know, like I see People, other people, uh, for example, divorcing and mothers still don't give up on the kids and still working and still have a good apartment and still providing the food, you know? So I was always like searching and like, I know that it's possible to have more, you know? And um, I guess like, I want to say that it was that why me a moment, like you were asking um, before, because I was seeing that it's possible actually to have a good life. And yes, and there's women who are, when when I was young, like I was saying to my grandmother, I want to do martial art. I want to do, um, I want to drive car. I want to own the business. And they always put me down saying that you have crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was young, because, you know, somewhere in the movie, I saw this woman who is driving the car and it was like, wow, I won't be that. So like all those like little glimpses that you can be more. And then I heard God speaking to me. Now I know that it was Holy Spirit, but I heard like in those moments, even those moments when I sold myself again, I come out from it because like I heard this inside of me voice saying, you've been made for more. So like, I knew there's something more. I had it like in me, but there's like, was no other avenue to see what is more. But I just knew that it have to be something better. But I've been betrayed over and over and over again. And literally, I have to like fight um, against this um, 
like stupid thoughts in my head, like yeah. and and work over this trauma over and over. But then when I met Christ, he helped me, like you know, he gave me peace and lots of scriptures, and then the community who would supported me and pray for me. So I have this prayer army. I pray to God, and it's literally transforming the mind. You know, every time I have stupid thoughts, I just pray against them and and think about something good, you know, and I like staying where I am now rather than punishing me from doing the mistakes over and over. So over the years, it's like literally it's been 20 years. And I think I said to my husband this last fall and I said to him, I feel like myself. I I feel like the best version of myself now. I feel healthy. I feel um, really good and established as a mom, as a wife, as a housekeeper. I don't question anymore like that I don't deserve this. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's all by the grace of God. My body is clean. My mind is clean. I have no any diseases. Like my lungs are perfect. My heart is like, it's just mind blowing. You cannot get this. You know what I mean? Especially from the drugs that they use. I was like on crack, on heroin, uh, like smoking weed, drinking booze, like Coke, like anything, like ecstasy, whatever it is, like name it. So no way. I just got clean up by myself. I quit the drugs by myself. I rehab myself, but the peace and and understanding and drive and passion and compassion and change, it's all from God. So this to to my faith glory, to him glory. So there is so if you guys at the end of the rope and that's where you should go, you should give God a chance. We we hear your story and we hear your story of faith and we talk about your book. Before Holly asks you our skill testing question and our and that and the why me question, I wanted to ask you about fight for freedom. What is what is fight for freedom? I actually partner up with this organization, I do believe in 2017. They came uh, to our church and they were talking about human trafficking. And this is first time I actually heard that it's um kind of like um, more public because Mm. I didn't speak about it because nobody was talking about this in 2017. Now with this, even this movie come out, everything like so much more, like the victims are more vocal. And I'm so grateful to you guys that you're doing this and sharing these stories because it's going public. And when they came, it was like almost like taboo, but it was already 20 years like ago I've been trafficked. So the problem was there before even like I was born. But um, they came and they actually were going to the strip clubs. They were praying for victims of human trafficking. And they were asking like if anybody want to participate. I got a panic attack because I imagined myself going into strip club. And I literally have like whole blown a panic attack thinking like, whoa, that's too close. But then I pray about it and I decide to be like on a prayer team. I decide to do fundraising. Like I decide still to do part that I can do because like I cannot be quiet and do nothing about this issue, you know? And before I could speak, um, that's what I was doing. I was supporting them. And then, um, uh, they fight against human trafficking and they're in so many different cities and they provide 
now in counseling for people and support groups and uh, life skills building. So they're they creating awareness. They go into the schools as well. So and and they in my city as well. So I was on the ground. Actually, last year I led the team for our biggest fundraisers. So we walk around our city and we stop in the corners where human trafficking occurs, and we pray about mm. it and we document it. And it was on social media and people partner up and people were donating money and all this money was going to uh, support the victims, support the survivors and fight against human trafficking. Same as with my book, um, uh, profits, like some of the profits go support a fight for freedom as well. But now I have another organizations, organization that I'm part of as well, that um, it's Zonta, they're creating better world for women and girls. So this I'm actively um, part of, and it's so exciting. But on my website, if anybody want to know more about any other organization that I'm supporting, especially like we talk about Tim Ballard and his uh, uh, operation um, Underground Railroad, I always get messed up. Oh, you are? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they are fantastic. And actually interview gentlemen, uh, from the, the organization, there there's so many like really like brave and amazing people who actually fights uh, against human trafficking. And honestly, guys, like you can do anything to support. If God bless you with the funds, donate the funds. If God bless mm. you with the time and health, donate that. You still can do something. You can cre- create awareness. Go see the movie. Talk about this movie. You know, doesn't really cost that that much but you still gonna create awareness maybe you're gonna say something to a friend who doesn't know about it and they hear something and say oh you know what i think i know somebody or someone or somebody in my family actually like going through this stuff because i always say like if we know what we're looking for the red flags and light bulbs or whatever it's called intuition always gonna you cannot unsee it. You're gonna see and you're gonna mm. question is that the human trafficking situation? So we need to educate ourselves. We don't have to be afraid. I know it's scary and it's overwhelming and but we don't have to be afraid. All we have to do educate ourselves and know what we can do. Like if if there immediate danger, call nine one one or call the hotlines and there's all over um media so you can Google this stuff or check out my website. I have like whole page of resources. Like you can use it and it's all free. So download it, give it to someone, uh, safety online, stuff like that, you know, because over like last, like this past three years when I done with my salon, that's what I've been doing. I've been collecting all this information with the organizations. So one day somebody could come and take everything and give it to someone. So I really like to be that link between the people and organizations because like it's all in one place you know there's so. so many resources now compared to like you said a few years ago but you had mentioned that you were sitting on a hill and you had a why me moment do you mind expanding a little bit on that situation and where you were at and and just just kind of where where your heart was and, and how god spoke to you 
Absolutely. I think in those moments, I always was comparing myself to another families because although I was young, I saw that somebody's mom calling them home to eat for dinner, you know, or somebody's mom coming and have like huge scandal if you're not coming home, like mm-hmm. in, in your curfew. And I'm thinking like, why I don't have a curfew? Why this is happening? And then of course, like when it starts happening with abuse, sexual abuse, all the question about my worth and value and that brokenness, like sometimes I just wanted to run away. And my family owned this little house in the village. And sometimes when I just get so haunted with my mind, body and soul, I just run away and I just sit there and I want to be alone. I want to be alone. And, um, and I was hiding, but I had like really nowhere to go. I still have to come back home. Like, and that, that was the painful stuff. And I always was like, like now I know I was asking God, but that time looking at this beauty, you know, like the sunflowers were open up, like I inhale with the forest, you know, and there's opening and I can see like God's creation, but I feel so dark and so heavy and so painful and I cry and I feel like in distress and I and now it's so bizarre that uh, like I actually could um express all those feelings like when I was so young and that's why I'm thinking like I have like this crazy self-awareness and that was why why me moment because mm. I knew that it could be better. But why my parents like that? Why this is happening? Why me? Like why this stuff? So I yeah I don't know like how after those kind of moments I didn't think like about suicide you know to like see like what is this life even matter? Mm-hmm. But for some reason I was actually like like almost like it's all come out from me you know like so now I know that's what prayer does you know like you just pour everything to God and you have this peace that's what was so bizarre that I like to be alone and spit everything and scream and kick the grass around and cry and just like totally like break down you know and then like I could sit and think okay it could be better it could be better. And I always had hope. That's the the craziest part. No matter like where I went, like I always had hope. And now, even like we before a little bit talk about the fact that I wish it didn't happen. I don't. Mm. I literally in this moment of my life, I look back and I have so much gratitude that I didn't die. Mm. I have gratitude that God got me through everything, but allowed me to go through everything because I am who I am because of that. My character, like I build the character perseverance, but it's not only about me. It's about all the people who come into my life, my children, my girls, you know, my son, the stuff that I'm imprinting on them, you know, that I know they're going to be people like not like people who change the world but 
the point is they gonna be different people because of my experience and it's not easy for them to not easy for all of us like because the trauma have to be dealt with and all this stuff but the fact is honestly even like the people who come in to me and say like well god never gonna forgive me because i did drugs i'm like okay so do i <laughs> and especially like when i volunteer i love this i truly love this when people say or I I was doing the drugs. I'm like, well, I was prostitute. And they're like, yeah. you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and I was on heroin and I was like doing crack. And they're like, you? Because they know that I have children, I have business and I look this way. It took 20 years to look this way. But the, the fact that and the way I carry myself, they think like I've been born in Christian family and everything yeah. been glorious. But that's how the healing look like. And then then I'm so excited. I'm like, okay, tell me like your worst sin. Come on, come on. And see. <laughs> and see. Because I bet I was worse than you uh-huh. ever have been. Maybe all of you here in the room. Uh-huh. And God forgive me. So tell me why you think God cannot forgive you. And that's what like I wrote the book. And that's why I'm speaking about it. Because sometimes we get stuck in these stupid lies teeny tiny oh i'm smoking weed god god looking down on me or oh, like i'm yeah. i'm i'm swearing so god looking down listen you need to repent you need to talk about it and you to get through it and when god got me i was smoking i was drinking i was like on drugs like i was in a brothel praying to him and guess what he heard my prayer and he answered my prayer because he knew my heart and my heart was like praying for him to help. And I believe that he will do it. And I believe that he will save my grandfather. I didn't believe he gonna do it for me because I knew I don't deserve anything. But it took me a long time. And now I'm telling you, it's all lie because we we don't deserve, but God loves us so much. He will do it. No matter if you know him or don't know, that's why I say, give the chance to God and he will like show up and show off because he, he wants everybody to get healed and come out from this lies and change their own lives. Yeah. Love it. Lena, I wish we had uh, hours upon hours to talk. Uh, Miraculous available. Now you can get that. Lena, uh, sabula.ca at Lena Sabula on the uh, socials. We appreciate you so much for at least taking a couple minutes and sharing just a portion of uh, your incredible story. Thank you for taking some time. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, guys. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I wish wow. I wish you could have had more time. Yeah. Still so many other questions, but I think wow. they're all really they pale into comparison to the fact that she has had an incredible life full of hardship and yet like how God is using her and her experiences and those that he's put in her life to help others and to serve him. It's incredible. I'll say this. If you have more questions like we would, listen to her podcast, read her mm-hmm. book, and I'm sure that if you don't have those answers, call her and she will tell you exactly <laughs> what it is that maybe you don't have the answer to. Yeah, exactly. But I so appreciate her openness and her vulnerability. It is definitely yeah. a conversation that a lot of people are having more and more and more frequently as the stats about human trafficking are released and as we learn more about 
what is happening, not just internationally, but on Canadian soil. Yeah. And, and it seems like every three or four months, you and I have a conversation with somebody talking about a, a different form of or in a different place. It's not all the same. And yeah. so it's just a, it's just a good reminder, you know, get out and watch movies like Sound of Freedom, uh, support people like uh, Lena and and support us as well in a different way, because if listening to our podcast or telling people about it, then the word will continue to get out. Yeah, and if you felt like you learned something um, and you have a different appreciation for how you can support those who may be or may have been uh, trafficked, please share this episode with others, like it, review, and may this be a tool for you also to help other people get more, uh, more information about what we can do to help. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, You can also send us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, YouTube. We're, we're, we're YouTubing. We're, we're the YouTubers. We're trying. Uh, we're definitely very hard, but uh, love to hear from you as well. Um, on other guests that maybe we need to be talking to, you can check out uh, places like Edify and as well, faithstrongtoday.com. 